You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Welcome to this issue of the Church Doctor Report. Our topic for this issue is chaos theory, what it means for you as a Christian. You know, chaos theory has been around for several decades. It's been applied to many branches of science. Uh, You may have heard about it as the butterfly effect. Uh, The theory is often described as something like this. If a butterfly flaps its wings in Brazil, could it result in a hurricane that hits Texas? It may sound uh, like a far-fetched theory at first. However, the general idea is that our actions can have much greater impact than we might imagine. So, For a few moments, think about chaos theory in light of the Christian movement, your church, and your life as a believer. Think also about this unique moment in history when it seems chaos comes at us from every direction. Let's begin with the thought, why was Jesus born then? Start with the question, Why was Jesus born in Bethlehem, Israel? Why not in Rome, the ruling capital of the region? Why not anywhere else? After all, you know, God can do anything. Of course, you likely know why. Israel, from Old Testament times, is called the Promised Land. God promised this specific area of land to his people. He led them out of Egypt, fed them along the way, and directed them to the land he promised. Anyone who knows about the history of God's people recognizes that the temple had to be built in the capital of Israel, Jerusalem. Why not Istanbul or Cairo? (laughs) God promised Israel to his people. He also promised a savior. And so, when the wise men showed up to honor the baby king, no Jew was surprised. Of course, the Son of God would show up in Israel. However, have you ever wondered why? Why was Jesus born at that precise time? God being the ruler of the universe, could have picked any time in history. After all, for him, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. God is not bound by a calendar, so why then? This becomes an important issue when you think about life in Israel at the time Jesus was born. Consider God's timing from the perspective of a Jew. Every Jew knew that God himself promised this land to the Jews. But precisely at the time that Jesus arrived, Israel was overrun by feared and hated Romans. You can't blame the first century Jew for occasionally wondering, the Romans have taken over. What kind of promise is that, God? 
The Roman soldiers didn't take over Israel so they could worship the true God. They took Israel and most of that part of the world for wealth, for taxes. They took it for power, more land. How do you think the Jews felt about paying taxes? Their hard-earned money was sent to a pagan emperor known for orgies, worshiping pagan false gods, and killing people in an arena for sport. It had to be repulsive to the Jews. It wouldn't be too difficult for a Jew to wonder, where is God? What if your land were overtaken by a hated enemy? Wouldn't that be chaos for you? Let's talk about chaos. From a Jew's perspective, the Roman occupation was chaotic. Their troops were everywhere marching through the streets. These soldiers were feared. They invented crucifixion, the most barbaric, hideous, and painful way to kill anyone. They ruled the people and enforced their laws. Consider a similar situation in your own country. Can you feel the chaos? You see, chaos theory reflects that seemingly small things can lead to something huge over time. When life gets chaotic, people change, and they become open to change. They hunger for hope. Their pain begs for healing. And here's the point. Disruption breeds spiritual receptivity. Think about that. I'm going to say it again. Disruption breeds spiritual receptivity for those who are not yet believers. Think about it. When parents lose a child, they feel disruption. When a woman loses her job, she feels disruption. When a teenager gets caught with drugs and faces jail time, he feels disruption. And whenever there is disruption, most people are open to something new, something better, a way out, a better life. Imagine the people who met Jesus, those who were healed, those who were fed, those who were caught in the act of adultery, those with leprosy. Consider a whole country captive to a foreign power, not just any country, God's country, the promised land. In chaotic times, people hunger for help. They are open to change. They become willing to change. They are desperate for a better way. Now, as I wrote this issue of the Church Doctor Report, it was a time that we might call and may go down in history as Chaos 2020. And as I began to write 
this particular issue of the Church Doctor Report, hurricanes had recently ravaged the American South. Forest fires had been burning in the West. There had been riots and disruption in many cities. And, of course, in Washington and beyond, political gridlock. The nation had faced a contentious election. A pandemic was everywhere. Everywhere in the nation and everywhere around the world with over a million people dying. So, when you look at a time in history like this, what do you see in a chaotic season of history? How do you see it as a Christ follower? How does your church deal with it? How do Christians approach this reality? How are unbelievers feeling in chaotic times? You see, chaos opens human beings to meaningful change. Discomfort makes us consider different options. Trouble, pain, sorrow, loss of loved ones. These disruptions cause people to reflect upon the most important issues of life, the meaning of life. What happens to a family when a parent dies or a child? What occurs when a doctor says, you have cancer? What does it feel like when life is clearly out of your control? Why is it that many convicts become Christians while incarcerated. You see, when life is disrupted, it isn't fun. Major disruption, however, cannot be ignored. You can run from the daily newscast, <laughs> but you cannot hide. It means you can't ignore it. And as it drags on and on and on, you feel worn out, burned out, vulnerable. And here's the point. In chaos, human beings hunger for hope. We are desperate for good news. The word gospel means good news. Good news about Jesus is great news from God. It is God speaking to the hurts, the fears, the fatigue, and pain that comes with hard times. So, as I share this issue, the pandemic is worldwide, and in fact, it's hitting an all-time high. Some countries are better off than others, but by and large, it's a worldwide mess. But when the pandemic ends, and it will, every believer in Jesus, every church, every denomination, every network of congregations will have 
what might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. After stressful events, there is always a surge of growth in faith, a window of opportunity. There is a potential revival, which is understood as rapid growth, spontaneous growth of the Christian faith. Ask today's grandparents and great-grandparents. After World War II, the troops came home. Churches saw tremendous growth for about a decade. In time, some of the next generation of young adults fueled the Jesus movement. Likely a long-term after-effect among some of the children of post-war Christian adults. The Jesus movement reached many people and shaped a new kind of church, more contemporary, more real, more relational, more mission-oriented. Some of the after-effects of that period of time included contemporary Christian music, Christian radio stations, and during that time, stadiums packed to hear Billy Graham. So, in this moment in time, whenever the pandemic ends, are you ready? Are you, is your church, prepared for this window of opportunity? You see, the real issue is this. Are the Christians in your church equipped to be missionaries to those in their social networks who are ripe and ready and hungry for real hope, divine hope? Are your church leaders preparing people for the ripe harvest that follows every major disruption? When you add to the pandemic all the stress factors of life in America and a lot of other places, it seems God has an exceptional opportunity on the horizon for Christian believers, for you, for me. Are you ready? In truth, most Christians are not. Why? Because they have never been trained to be missionaries. Why? Because most pastors and church leaders have never been trained in the area of missions called missiology, the biblical teaching of how to reach lost people. Not why, but how to reach people without Jesus. The result... Leaders and pastors who've never been trained can't possibly train those in their congregations who are now receptive and ready. Our research shows that about 10 to 20 percent of those in most churches are eager right now to be trained in mission to unchurched people 
in their social networks. They're not strangers. They already know these people. Does that discourage you? Only 10 to 20 percent? It shouldn't. This is a movement, not a top-down program in a congregation. It's a movement. Like Jesus. Jesus started with 12. Every movement, even in your church, starts with those who are early adopters. They're ready now. The real issue is this. Are your church leaders, your pastors, staff, members who lead, willing to help them get training now? You need to pray about this. And if God is speaking to you, I might dare say, contact church doctor, and we will refer you to some next step options you can take. <laughs> but don't wait, because harvest season is close, and harvest season doesn't last forever. Why pray about this? <laughs> because Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send his workers into his harvest. Matthew nine thirty-seven. Are you ready? The harvest is ripe. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.